Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu, whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Kate Berlant. I'm Jacqueline Novak. And this is Poog, an ongoing conversation about wellness between two obsessive friends. Two untamable intellects. This is our hobby. This is our hell. This is our naked desire for free products. This is Poog. Today's topics, loosely speaking, Boethius, restorative broth, Malden. What's what's going on, Kate? What's on your what's on your mind, Kate? So I woke up on the wrong side. Of the bed. Metaphorically or literally. Because <laughs> sometimes it's well, both. Oh, so is there something there? Like, there is no wrong side. No, okay. I just... Well, of course there is. Yes, that's how one should approach life. No, I really did wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I woke up on the wrong side. Okay? I'm not in a good place. Oh my God, I just had a huge realization about woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm, I'm literally in shock. Are you ready? What, what, what? I always pictured it as meaning, I just realized this isn't what it is, getting, like you got, oh no, is that the expression? You got out of bed? On, no, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Which means like you're over on the left versus over on the right. I've always thought of it as which side you stepped out of your bed. Isn't that funny? That is bizarre. I actually have, uh, <laughs> here's a little kind of OCD thing of mine. I read in a, like a Seventeen magazine or a Cosmo 462 years ago that Selma Hayek always steps out of bed with the right foot first. 
No. Like, and so I've been doing that my entire life, my entire no. adult life. You every, never so forget. I think about, I think about Salma Hayek every morning. Salma. Oh, Salma. It's Salma. What was I saying? Salma? Isn't it Salma? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, isn't that wild though? I, by the way, another thought. No, therefore I, she's present every morning. I've never articulated morning. that. No one knows that. Yes. And isn't it, it's weird how I say something like that, which is deeply personal and has been kind of a ritual I've been doing for again, 462 years. Suddenly now that it's hit the air and I've said it out loud, I, I, I had an urge not to say it. Yeah. And now do I feel robbed of a private ritual? No, this is huge. Um, what do, should we keep things to ourselves? Oh, that's, God, I, that's like the kind of the big question because I find that I can't. Mm. And so sometimes I feel like part of my it almost sounded like you were heading towards can. <laughs> I feel like I can't. No, I, I can't keep a goddamn thing to myself. Right. And so the foot thing that I just said, like, that's something that I've never uttered. But of course, don't you feel that like you got excited when you realized and I think we share this when you realized you had something that you've never articulated. It's exciting. Right. Yeah. There's a goddamn thrill. There's a, the, Oh, we found a jewel in the soil. Right. Yeah. To me, it's inherently a jewel because it was in the soil, even if it's a mere rock. It was buried deep within <laughs> my private life. Right. So, so there's a thrill to bringing out to making ostensible the latent, mm. uh, I'm always yeah. trying to work ostensibility versus latency into oh. any conversation, but, no, wait, let me think if there's anything I've regretted bringing to light. Well, there is that quality of, you know, yeah, once it's out, has it. See, but I feel like that Selma Hayek thing, unless you feel like it's. Um, no, I'm fine with it being out. a magical ritual. Yeah, that's why I feel a little bit. It feels a little magical. Oh, it, it does. feels magical to me, though. It's a superstitious thing. Right. Stepping out with the right foot first. Well, that's interesting because maybe what that is then is hoarding luck. Well, to interrupt. No, but I love that idea. No, because it's like, shouldn't I? I'm like, no, if this is a little positive ritual or a little superstition, why wouldn't I just want to share that with the group? No, exactly. But but this is interesting. Private ritual in a compulsive way, right? Mm -hmm. Like can lose its power when you speak it aloud, right? But in a good way, because these are like technically anytime you you're no longer in prison. Okay. The difference between positive ritual for the self mm -hmm. that supports you and compulsive ritual of OCD, serve the demons, yeah. serve the demons <laughs> living in a prison of yeah. I have to put my foot down, you know, so it sounds like that one for you somewhere in between right it's a little bit compulsive oh, yeah it's somewhere in between but a little bit joyful also and so it's like yeah you know i mean it's sort of it's sort of like you know my fears of going to overeaters anonymous right like like don't don't take away the magic the numinosity of what occurs between me and food you know late in the night i can't believe you said numinosity because the really? word numinous has been following me lately <laughs> it's been following me as well actually really? the numinous has been hunting us no numinous it's it's i i love when that happens and that 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 is god but truly when <laughs> things just continue to appear like that or chasing yes. you being chased by words or ideas or images what is that? Well, the synchronicity. It's meaningful coincidence. It's you and me living the Jungian life. Okay. It's Jung. It all comes back to goddamn Carl. Carl, Carl. is runneth uh, amok. Uh, uh, amok. Carl has entered me now. I mean, he's always been there, but <laughs> the Jung stuff has been huge for me lately. I mean, I feel like the last four episodes we've talked about, I should just move on. No, I know. We keep referencing him. And, and it's actually... I have a new Thomas More. <laughs> it's another author I enjoy. You know, you said that, and I heard Sir Thomas More, Man for All Seasons. Thomas all right. More, who also is a Jungian practical psychology, you might call it, 
I'm reading a book called Soulmates. Couldn't recommend it more. I always confuse him with Merton. Never heard of him. Oh, wow. Thomas okay. Moore wrote a book called, I guess, Care of the Soul, which I've never read. But this book, Soulmates, is divine. See, the pro- this is what my concern was. Irish writer Thomas Moore from 1779, Kate. Is that what you're reading? Honey, I wish. This guy's still breathing. <laughs> is it an indignity to read anyone who's still breathing? Yes, I think it is, right? Because what is a book? It's a letter from the past. How dare you ask anyone to read something current? I want to be coiled up with Dante, you know, but I but I'm not. Oh my god, dreaming, dreaming. What is your relationship to Dante? Okay, I'm totally I have one. Are you ready what it is? It's nothing. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a relationship <laughs> with Dante, but you wait, you asked and you ran because you were like, "Oh no." I oh don't. no. I really wish I did. I mean, I have like gentle Dante no all it is is that in college I had a professor who talked about how oh my god it wasn't Dante it was it was Milton mm, oh, Paradise sure. Lost same difference okay. okay I'm gonna say it anyway every Christmas his wife reread Paradise Lost and I've never forgotten it wow the idea of like well every year I revisit I love that Paradise Lost and I learn new things I want to be that woman I know that's my dream of my future that's my dream of my life uh, I know it is every every I know to have Something. I want to be once a year I go away even just for two nights <laughs> I want to be on some cliffside town with the waves crashing and be alone in my solitude leaving my children and my partner and my whole life behind and I want to just right. you know I read Paradise Lost once a year yeah I drink scalding hot <laughs> Darjeeling tea laughing. and I look out at the sea yeah. and the waves crash against the rocks and I you know ponder those who have passed and my own mortality mm, and i like jerk off in the mirror or something <laughs> um dante yeah my only really knowledge of dante is the cole porter lyric where he turns it around and he says inferno's dante what to rhyme with the great durante nothing's that's not registering for me at all i know not cole porter i mean i know cole porter because uh, i'm not i wasn't raised under a rock but I don't have uh, yeah, no. any feelings there. No, that's, you know, fair. Um, Were you a teacher's pet? <sighs> teacher's pet depends what you mean. I had stimulating intellectual relationships with a variety of teachers. Same. Um, in high school, of course, you know, they were shocked. I mean, they said, well, how do you how do you know about Jung? Literally. OK. OK. They were shocked. <gasps> but did you have you had close relationships with certain teachers? Yes. Yeah, me too. No, you and oh, I are, absolutely yeah. including like me and my friends, like staying after school to like further educate. Totally. Ourselves, no, whatever. no. I because also you said Dante and that flashed me forward to being in college and this professor, this Italian professor who I was like taken by. And he was like, you must transform your desire or whatever. Taken with? Did I say taken by? I was just making sure he hadn't kidnapped you. He took me. No, but I um, did end up going <laughs> to Sicily with him in a small group. Whoa. Okay. There was an energy. No. I remember going to his his apartment in Brooklyn Heights and like drinking Prosecco <laughs> and discussing Dante. And I was like, bah. but I didn't. Um, but he it was a big teacher's pet moment for me is that it was like day one of his class. And I was, you know, again, taken I didn't have a crush on him. I just truly meant I was like, the world of literature is, is unfurling before me. And him talking about Boethius' Consolation of Philosophy and being like how that book is like divine. <laughs> and then I, like a little bitch. Boethius? Boethius. Boethius. B-O-E-T-H-I-U-S, I believe. Wait, and it's not pronounced Bertus? Do you know why I'm asking? This is huge. No. Be- <laughs> because... 
Kate had just broken to say, I don't think he's German. I think Theta knows where I'm headed, our producer, which is, okay, ready? This is one of my favorite topics. Yeah. You know, Goethe? Yes. <laughs> and I cackle because the spelling, you know, G-O-E-T-H-E-S or whatever. It looks like Goethe's. Oh, right, 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 sure. Okay, but it's pronounced Goethe, and that's, like, to me, like, one of the biggest flexes you can you can do is just it's to be, huge. like, Goethe, and then, like, your friend looks up Goethe, and they can't and find it, because yeah. how does that be? <laughs> and then I love, like, the Gothel's Bridge, I guess, in New York. Isn't there a Gothel's Bridge? And I'm like, it's Girdles. Wow. But no one... No one's there to hear you. You've lost interest. Have you gone pursuing I've, a free product so on I'm your not computer? Because I see I, a hand. No, no my hand forward. is right here. I just, I, I, I. It seems so cruel to say lost interest. Something in me did break off. No, <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I was also okay, and, and, too focused and I on think myself. My excitement. No, I think my excitement around. See, I have this belief that because you love me, okay, yeah, okay, that if I'm really excited about something, I expect you to go like. I'm going to find what's interesting in this because she's so excited about it. I'm going to love it. Well, I do love you that much. No, right. Sometimes I will break off. No, of course. But I'm like... I would say eight out of ten times I'm I'm there with you in the excitement. No, no, no. And I appreciate it about you because it's real, okay? You're not coddling me at every turn. You know what I mean? Only, Only within, you know, reason, right? But I'm just like, in my mind, there's a... There's a ratio that I'm always working with, okay, Mm -hmm. of how long am I going to make you wait to hear this thing? Like, I'm like, the Goethe thing. I'm like, that's like two sentences. I can get that out really fast. Yeah, loved it. So it it. provides any, you know, but it didn't enchant you. And that devastates me. And I go back into tap dancing. No, the Goethe thing did. It was when you broke off into the bridges. I started to go. And then I was in my mind. I was back with Boethius and kind of medieval philosophy for a second. No, and I want to go back to the Boethius. When I go to bridges, it is with an absolute intention, okay, of returning. And that's also worth noting. I know. Wait, so I do want to come back to Boethius, okay? Well, I moved off him. (laughs) Well, all I was going to say was that I, like a little teacher's pet, ran off to the library after class, checked out Boethius, Constellation of Philosophy, went home, you know, read some of it, and then the next day or two days later, bounced into class, and then after class was like, by the way, I went and looked up, like I, I checked out Constellation of Philosophy, it's sublime. And he was like, he went to the library, did you, and got the book? <laughs> <laughs> Not Irish, of course. But uh, I was, but like, can you believe I did that? <laughs> well, I certainly can. And um, because I, too, know the flashing of a book, the book peeking out of a knapsack, I all know. of those things relating through merely saying that you also bought a book. I, too, own that book. Yeah. Is Were you involved? This is a very kind of New York City thing of the subway, mm-hmm. but like, were you involved in trying to constantly force hope that you can make people fall in love with you based on oh like performance of self on the subway like yeah. i for many years in new york i just convinced myself that i could get it down and i could just make <clears throat> scores of people fall in love with me just by like these like little brief encounters or simply by the way i was you know pretending to read on the is subway it, was, is it always with the book it certainly helps okay the book helps. <laughs> but i was wondering because to me that's interesting that you're afraid to be at the pool alone and yet like performance of aloneness on the subway you're obviously comfortable with to a point of using it as seduction. Very comfortable. I always was more enchanted with the idea of um, uh, performing that I was like some weird genius. Okay. So, so for example, like it would be like the idea, I didn't do this, but I fantasized about almost like tapping my fingers kind of like, um, 
Like, like I was working out a problem or a symphony. Okay. 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 Wait. I'm stopping you there because I did working out a symphony acting on the airplane once as a. Yes. I want to say I was 14 years old. Okay. This now. Okay. I the, the memory has flooded me. I haven't thought about it in a hundred years. On the having the tray down, playing playing piano on the tray. I'm playing dying. piano on the tray so much that that the guy next to me goes, "Oh, my. oh do you play piano?" Like I was asking for it. By What'd the way, I, well, to be clear, I was like 14. Like yeah, I don't want to get into it. I was it, like, but, oh um, yeah. And then the rest is a blur. But you can imagine the intensity with which I was playing piano. No, no, and that's an outrageous. <laughs> well, I once had, I read, and this is a little more like authentic in the sense of like, and therefore more embarrassed to share it. But I had this notebook of all my like writings um, or like a binder of various <laughs> writings, you know, and that I was taking in and out of New York City on a subway to go to this like workshop. And um, a man, you know, sitting near me on the sub on the Metro North was like, <laughs> Like, got off at his stop, okay, after, like, I don't know, we're both next to each other for 45 minutes. I'm paging through my materials. Not performatively, yeah. uh, you know, I will say. And he was like, keep writing. Just kind <gasps> of like, no, he meant, like, you're good. How dare you? He meant, like, don't give it up. He did not mean keep trying. I know, but it still pisses me off. No, of course. Yeah. Well, similarly in Grand Central, this is coming, talk about coming flooding back. Similarly in Grand Central, I'm wearing a red wool coat, you know, mm. like looking like Paddington or something, right? I guess his coat wasn't red. It was blue, but you know what I'm saying. And, yeah. you know, the cheeks are flush in the winter. I'm wearing a hat, a scarf. It's snowing outside and I'm waiting by the, uh, by the clock in the center of Grand Central. And who are you waiting for? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> I'm getting so, your, your language is so rich. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm being brought into the story against my own will. I, I don't know who I was waiting for, but I, um, a man walks up to me, regards me, <laughs> takes me by the shoulders. <gasps> no. Kisses me on the cheek. What? Okay. Jacqueline. <laughs> and says like something like, I'm sorry, I just had to. You were too no. cute or something. No. And walked away. Jacqueline. Shocking, right? I wonder if I could find it in a journal to have the exact words, but it was definitely something like that. Did you love it? No. I mean, I didn't I didn't <laughs> That's love horrifying. it. horrifying. But what's funny is like, and this is... Did it happen so fast? It happened so fast, although did it, right? Because like, how, how many seconds did it probably take? It probably took... Well, first, there's like someone's walking towards you with a confidence that you think surely they're just walking towards someone right behind me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's that. And then there's the moment of like shock. If someone takes you by the shoulders, how old was this person? He was probably like 60, 45 kind of shocking. Right. Cause it's like, I don't know. It was weird. And then there's almost the, <sighs> Ew. See, this, is, <laughs> this is the funny thing is like, I almost like it's this moment where you can decide whether you're um, culturally, obviously supposed to be horrified right yeah um you know horrified disgusted whatever all of that right and then yeah. and then but there's almost this moment where you're like or is this just a great new york moment is it 1942 right, right, right. like you know the soldier bending the woman over to kiss her right yeah, the soldier yeah. coming back and it's like that was and then moments later they took the po he the, didn't know her they took the photo and then moments later she was screaming yeah right <laughs> okay and so you're almost like and i can't remember i think i told this story to chris later like almost like like it was a funny New York story and like yeah. and he was like he was fucking furious like who is that <laughs> yeah what a fucking piece of shit yeah. yeah like that is so not okay and of course it's not okay I'm just trying to think if I've ever there's other things like this where you like 
Don't realize it's horrible. I like that, though, as a prompt. I'll think for uh, a second. Things that are horrible, but you didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, or like you're ashamed that you sort of like went with it. But we do have to send them uh, into the desert of the ad break. Pray for an oasis. It'll be our faces. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu. Don't want to find out how he met their mother? Then go back with the Dunphys, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Can you even watch all this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... 
actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. We're back. We're back. Hi. 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 Well, during the break, uh, I noticed you've gone sullen, and I have an idea about how to lift you up. Please do, because as I confessed earlier, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Oh, right. Which I really haven't had that feeling in a minute. Like I, but it was that thing of just, ugh. Again, both literally and metaphorically in this case. No, I was literally where I always just <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah. Okay, your your rage at me. Reveals. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was true <laughs> childlike irritability. That was like that was outrageous. I, I don't know. Maybe you said it earlier, but I, I still I was too enchanted. I think maybe I had upsetting dreams. I had a dream I was like wandering in the city and people were just like openly shitting in the street. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I saw all these people who were like, I don't know. I, I just was in this kind of dark city, this like kind of, mm. you know, wasteland of a metropolitan Decay Gotham and... versus New York. Batman's Gotham. Yeah, perhaps. Um, perhaps. It's not really a relevant reference for me over at Janus Films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm strictly Janus. <laughs> I just think it's funny to call it Janus. Janus, yeah. Um, I dreamt that I was pissing for about five minutes, um, <gasps> relieved to wake up to dryness. Because I dreamt that I woke up after having pissed the bed to a point of just like a whole room of piss and um, and it was it was pretty interesting and i've been trying to um re-up obviously given everything on dream work dream journaling i'm sure i've said it on poop before but you know the key to remembering your dreams or one technique right i'm done every day yes but even better what if you you sit because you say that to people and they say but i don't remember anything you make it up you pretend you remember you geniusly told me that 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 changed my life isn't that huge? You write it. You write it down. So you go. Yeah, I dreamt last night that a kangaroo, you know, caught me sniveling grease. <laughs> okay. But what did you say? Because oh, but then the subconscious was this on poop previously because it was so genius that it's more exhausting for your subconscious to yes. bury the dream than to create a lie. Yes, the subconscious goes. I'll just give it to you. It's easier to remember it than right. than go through this process of you making it up. Phenomenal. So I'm starting and, and noting down the little bit at a time. Did you dream about Trump explicitly? Like, did he come into your dreams? Once. Once I dreamt I was at like this small sort of party or gathering or something. And and it was like, oh, my God, Trump's here. Okay. And it was like, oh, fuck. And it was like, and he comes in. And it was this weird thing where I looked around like, what do we do? Like, throw something at him? <laughs> like, oh, and he like, he like spoke to me politely. And I was like, it was like this feeling of like, it was the, it was the nightmare of someone's politeness yeah. causing you. To oh. almost like respond by accident, like "hello," like right, right, right. like uh, "nice to meet you," "nice to meet you." No, you know. He was like, yeah. What about you? It sounds like you did. I did dream once. I had once had a sex dream where I was Trump. 
<laughs> I dreamt that I was Trump and it was actually lucid. It was partially lucid. Stepped. Now, if you looked down at your hands, were they Trump hands? No. So I, I was walked. Was it you as your body, but you knew? No, I was Trump. Okay. And I was walking into this like, <laughs> I believe it was some kind of like industrial refrigerator or freezer area. And I walked in and I was like, oh my God, I'm Trump. And there was this very kind of like bombshell blonde in there. And I went up to her and I like pulled her hair aside and whispered in her ear. This is, this is graphic. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> it's hysterical. I said, I said, I'll buy you a car if you let me go down on you. No. And then I came. No. Yeah. In the dream? I'm sorry. I'm not, not to be a juvenile who doesn't understand. I woke up like, ah! Really? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And I was Trump. Very interesting, obviously. Wait, let me just take it in. If I buy you a car. If I buy you a car, will you let me go down on you? Or I'll buy you, yeah, I'll buy you a car if you let me go down on you. Right. It's interesting because I don't imagine him kind of like, let me, if you let me, you know, is, is generous. Trump, Trump, I don't think he, he has that in, he, do, he doesn't have that in him. There's something that's like actually so erotic about being like, I'm going to go down on you and then I'm going to buy you a car. Like, it's See, that cool. even though is like still more forceful. There was the like request like, yeah, embedded no, no, in yours, no, totally. if you let me. And that's, you know, consent was present for you. <laughs> consent was very much present in my dream. Like the dream world is supposed to be absolutely untouchable in terms of like, like you cannot shame someone for your dream. You cannot, you know, whatever. And so I just think it's funny to be like, meanwhile, nonetheless, I... No, it was still, yeah. Do you have any dreams from childhood that you still remember early nightmares? I think I remember my first dream ever, which was that I was in some kind of gift shop, obviously a wonderland for me. And <laughs> there was a carousel, the carousel of postcards. I know it well. Which used to be a really important thing for me, like the postcards, yes. the carousel. And I'm looking at the carousel of postcards and then there's just a witch there, just like a classic like witch. <laughs> And that was, I think, my first dream because I was in a stroller. I was being strolled. Like I was in a stroller and right. I was observing the the postcard carousel from the stroller. Oh my God. And I once also saw a witch. It's like early ma like childhood magical reality stuff where I thought I saw a witch on a broom like sail across the sky. Oh, fantastic. So cool. Um, it was also like around Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Therefore legitimizing like that maybe it was. Well, I have a memory that I, you know, arguably could have been a dream, but I still like prefer to kind of stand by that I saw the Easter bunny. <laughs> okay. Which is like not even like no one thinks that myth is real. Like But no, I believed in the Easter bunny after Santa. Santa was revealed to be false. I told my parents, I said, you have to tell me if he's real or not, because a lot of the kids are saying he's not real. And I just need you to tell me, is Santa real? And it was before school. And I remember my parents were like, yeah, it's not real. And I was like, oh my God. I wish I had never asked. Like, I had a meltdown. And then it was like weeks later, I was like, Easter Bunny's real though, right? Oh, no. I was oh like, not the Easter Bunny too. That is so you, like the anxiety appearing. Okay, and they're like, Easter Bunny's right, right? Because that voice, like, Easter Bunny's right, is what you do when you're like, you're walking a thin line between safety and danger. Okay. Exactly. You know me and so well. And you're like, if I, if I just say it casually like this, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like the gods won't notice. The gods yeah. won't notice if I just quickly ask for the thing I want to be true. I know. You're like, the rabbit's real, right? The rabbit's real, though. If I say it quietly, yeah. like, because you don't want to be like, the rabbit's real. And then the universe will scream back, no, it's not. So you're like, rabbit's real, right? Right? It's like no, very specific of your psychology through gesture. And I mean, the tooth fairy, don't even get me started, loved the tooth fairy. But I 
thought I saw the Easter Bunny downstairs. I went down for a drink of water. It was like a huge, you know, walking Donnie Darko bunny, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And um, did the bunny look at you? Was there an acknowledgement? Uh, I can't remember now. I've lost it now. I, I, I became too accepting of the idea that it was merely a dream. And so I've sort of lost the memory. But wait, well, you know, my Santa Claus, what they had to do. No. I had anxiety that I'm sure I've told you this. I was like, I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. I'm so excited for Santa to come tonight. I'm so excited for Santa to come <laughs> like, like, like and then like crying hysterically thus revealing they were scared as a little child that i was like terrified okay Aww. it was like so i was trying to like i was trying to be positive about Overcompensate. it typical right i'm so excited for santa to come tonight and then like crying and then it was like or this is how my parents describe it is almost like i'm saying i'm excited saying i'm excited and then like it's like but i'm saying it with an intensity that's revealing something under the surface and then um and then like a t- like a freak out and then so human. um the fear i was like my fear was of surprise okay um anticipation and surprise and this used to happen to me if someone delivered pizza to our house same thing if i know something's coming it's like this when's it gonna happen so i was afraid that i would go to the bathroom in the night yeah and run into santa okay ah santa like this this like oh, i'm gonna head out into the hallway and see santa and that was frightening me so i was really freaked out by it so what my parents told me <laughs> it was really cozy okay was that well you don't have to worry okay because <laughs> because um because santa has to get to so many houses yeah what he does he actually drops off some of the gifts in advance and so the gifts have santa is already the gifts are already here <laughs> no, and no, they're hidden no. in dad's closet okay they're hidden no, in dad's no. office Okay, and so they're already here, and we're going to put them out. Isn't that the best? It's That's so, so sweet. Relieved. No, because what you're saying really rings true to me. I know that you know that I do this now. It's like, let's say you're at a restaurant. You know, you're like, you're, have your, you know, I want the chicken pot pie, right? And they come over and they go, we're out of chicken pot pie, and you're devastated, right? But then you go, yes. well, you know, I'm actually excited to get the salmon, you know? Oh. And then like, so, and being like, being like, I'm actually really looking forward to it. No, no, no. This is actually exactly what should have happened. And it was the mushrooms the whole time. Yeah. Yes. And this is it's never been revealed on Poog. And I'm going to try to say it once in one sentence instead of the 70 sentences that got cut from a previous episode. Right. I'm going to try I want to say the mushroom thing. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. That was cut. Yes. Are you sure? Positive. Here I am saying it was the mushrooms the whole time. Assuming the listener knows that the deep listener will know what I'm referring to. No. Right. Right. No, no. It was cut because I internalized that it was cut as, oh, that was cut. Interesting. I thought that was so like important. But yes, I did take nine minutes to say well, this it. is you know, very. This- and I will say just to preface, this is feels very because this is such a tr- this is to me is evidence of you really knowing my deep psychology. Yes. Like of how I feel so seen by you. And one of the great things about you is that you enjoy being seen. Even called out, so to speak. Yeah. No, uh, I'm not that. called out. Called out's too, like, culturally loaded. Yeah. But, like... If someone is observing you or knows you well enough to actually be able to maybe gently criticize is almost too strong a word. Yeah. But is able to kind of point out your own pathology to yourself. Yes. Divine. Divine. And and you light up. So it's really oh, fun. I love it. But the, the mushrooms the whole time thing, which, you know, could be a t-shirt... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is simply I observed Kate's psychology, including my own, sitting at a restaurant, deciding what to order. And we were deciding whether to get some kind of mushroom, a mushroom mousse as an appetizer, or there was a side of roasted melange of, of different mushrooms. We were deciding going back and forth and Kate was having a lot of anxiety. I mean, just and, and the thing is, we're in it together because menu anxiety, making the right choice, 
all of that is huge for me as well. So we're yeah. really going into it. Like life depends on it. Yeah. And I, I got to a point where I was able to say that I really <laughs> think it's the roasted mushrooms and we can get them as an appetizer, even though they're aside. Yeah, yeah, genius. Yeah. By the way, yeah, <laughs> recommend to all listeners. Okay, a side can be an appetizer. It's huge. Okay, so like, <laughs> so <laughs> like roasted mushrooms sound great. So yeah, so 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 it was like I was like Kate, it's the mushrooms. Okay, oh no, it was like this is more what it is. I'm because st- I'm not doing that thing yet. I go, I think we should get the mushrooms. I think the roasted mushrooms are going to be infinitely more satisfying. Whatever. And Kate, this is the key of her psychology. Goes, you're right. It was the mushrooms the whole time. Okay. <laughs> And, and and it was a mushroom the whole time. Like like like, and, and, and what it revealed was Kate's desire for something to have to be absolutely certain, and so certain that it was inevitable. Right? It was the mushrooms the whole time. Fate led us to it being the mushrooms, and that puts her at ease. It's huge. It's so oh big to your psychology. God. It's just so central. For and me. it's not far from mine. Right? It's like part of my psychology so I can recognize it in you that desire for certainty and as you said fate this desire yeah inevitability for, yeah this absolute truth that my own behavior my own nothing could interrupt it nothing could get me away from that it was always yes. going to be the mushrooms and I can deliver it forever but <laughs> and that certainty is like so much of something I chase and something I'm having to let go of right as I strive <laughs> to be an adult but Wow. But it's also, it's also, I think there's something very joyous and it's almost a hyperbole as, you know, maybe this is one of the lovely facets of the hyperbole that you and I so enjoy and that Trump almost took from us. I, I don't want to talk about Trump, but, but, but anyway, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> we start now, we start talking about Trump. Right. <laughs> Do the entire, the Trump um, jokes. yeah. <laughs> what if Poog, what idea. if Poog, what if Poog was like, <laughs> What if Poog was like, Cheeto man? I was going to say, Cheeto man over here. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to sleep with his daughter. Oh, my God. Who doesn't? What if Poog became like just <laughs> hell? What if Poog was us being like, 2020 was a dumpster fire? <laughs> I know. I know. So, wait, where were we? Because it was deeply exciting. Oh, the mushrooms, right? You're, you're the certainty. And then I'm trying to think where else. And so, oh, oh, hyperbole. So it's like. It's like one of the joys of hyper, that is a version of hyperbole to me that's joyful is to just choose to believe that it was the mushrooms the whole time. Like, isn't it more fun? And, and we love doing that, right? Like, I feel like even like when we would go to, um, like you imbued a uh, Russian samovar or whatever, oh, samovar in yes, New York City on yes. what, like 57th and 8th or something. Yes. And like, or, and you imbued that with a kind of meaning. Okay. And you get I, into this thing where it's got to be samovar. It's got to be samovar. We got to go to yeah, samovar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it sort of takes on this meaning that's another level. And it's like, it's like, it's faded to be that restaurant it's faded yes i just should we talk about restaurants a little bit for fun it's no because i'll start weeping because it's the only purpose of life is to be in restaurants and but you're right there's certain when was the restaurant invented is a huge question for me i have a theory but i'm not sure and i and guess what you've never considered it right you've never considered it no i completely i'm stunned all right maybe we'll okay we'll go to break and you revel in that (laughs) okay Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu. Don't want to find out how he met their mother? Then go back with the Dunphys. 
the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Can you even watch all this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. 
His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, welcome back for the break. I just want to say, guess who's on the right side of the bed now? And see, I knew this. Ah! I woke up and I said, well, thank God I have poop today because it's really going to bring did? me out of this moment. I'm going to get to talk to Jacqueline and I'm oh going to be re-imbued with, you know, the, the the stuff of life. And it happened to me. It did? I, that big laugh, bringing back to the it was mushrooms the whole time <laughs> and then kind of being able to romanticize of, you know, the world, the old world, the before. When was the restaurant invited? I know we've got some socio- sociological, archaeological. Tap, tap on the keys. You know, Here I go. I felt panic when I when I said that, when you said, should I look it up? Because I just realized, oh, God, I don't know if I want to know because... I have this idea in my head that I really like, but let's. Oh let's... my God, you're going to love what I just read. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. <laughs> Does it involve prostitutes? I mean, I'm sure, but that's not in what I just read. Okay. Is it, it started with like inkeeping? There's two, I just have to say it because there's two, you're going to die. Okay, I'm ready. Let's just say it involved. I can't even say it. Let's just say it involved. <laughs> Sorry, I'm shaking with laughter. I've never heard let's you pause that Let's just say long. it involved restorative broth. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm shocked. See, I, I thought it was going to be blood sausage and, and scrapple like in okay, um, here we go. Uh, Hallie Lowenthal in no, My So-Called no Life. No shock here, folks. 1765. Okay, yes, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Near the me. Louvre. No. Served, served, mostly restorative broth. No. Yes. <laughs> So this is the first time that people left the home. Now, did they eat it there? That's to me what a restaurant is, right? It's not just, I mean, prepared. What is a prepared food? It's about public intimacy. Right. Of course, it's about community. And that, need to, that need to perform public intimacy. And what could be more intimate and more private? Right, give, give, us, give us a little more. Is there a little more? Can you give us? Because like, no, I trust just. Trust me. I'm searching. I'm searching. According to. Hmm. By the way, bullshit, Paris. I mean, this is obviously a, a highly European, you know, fantasy of, of 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 history. Yeah, yeah. They're like, it was Paris, bitch. I mean, I've always pictured it. When would someone go into a place and have like when like when did personal services begin in that way, right? So you have blacksmiths and um and uh here we go 11 ad china 1100 ad so that sounds yeah, a little there more it is. there it is that's more Let's that's, hear it. that's the that's the real stuff yes 1972 in italy yeah exactly exactly the communal table see that's incredible what are your thoughts on a communal table i classically loathe detest of course resent. okay traditionally speaking it is absolute Hell, Hell, and I'm tired of them trying to pass it off as it's like you're outside the Louvre. I had one magical communal dining experience. Here I go, folks. It was Tokyo. Oh, no. Are you serious? You've been to yeah. Tokyo? 
and here I go. Or was it Kyoto? No, this was no. Tokyo. <laughs> this was Tokyo. The Blind Donkey. Check it out. Fantastic. Known as the Shea Panisse of Japan. Never heard of that either. Shea Panisse? Well, is it in Paris, Kate? Berkeley, California. The, the invention of farm-to-table dining. The mistress of California cuisine, Alice Waters. Okay, you and your L.A. references, your Brandy Melville, for example. How dare you? Shea Panisse, by the way. (laughs) Your Brandy Melville, I did to bring her down to size. Okay, because Farm to table cooking. My aunt and her farm, organic farm, supplies a lot of the produce to Shea Panisse. Okay, actually, we have to cut that. It's too much of a brag. (laughs) um, No, keep it. I like it. But uh, Shea Panisse is a essential and it was hard for me to say i don't know it was hard for me to say i don't listen, know listen i'm sorry to shame you Shea Panisse is divine when the world comes back we will go it's in berkeley alice waters is this famous chef she's known as i think kind of the you know the farm's table dining you know she the 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 the, the, the worshiping the the ingredients the produce <laughs> worshiping <laughs> truly worshiping is this restaurant that's in a beautiful craftsman home there's the upstairs one which is kind of the more casual dining and then there's the downstairs which is more formal dining okay but they have and it's like the open kitchen and you're watching the you know you're watching them mm. saute the the vegetables and the the what have you mm. and there's you know bread and cherries cascading down the hardwood rolling down the hardwood (laughs) like bowling balls without the bumpers just rolling across the floors and they get stomped under the under the naked feet of those who worship at the altar of ingredients smashing castel vetranos why are you laughing i really needed this laughter because you're so funny i'm sweating i finally take off my jacket i've been freezing all morning i thought there was something funny going on behind me i didn't know what had happened you have you ever been on stage doing stand-up comedy we're not going to talk about comedy but have you ever been on stage doing stand-up comedy someone laughs and you turn around thinking something funny must be happening behind you it's happened to me that's devastating yeah like surely it couldn't be me you ever start laughing in the middle of your own set? Because goddamn, this stuff's good. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, I had a dream. I had a dream. Have you ever had a dream about a bit that then you do on stage? I know we're, that we will not yes. talk about comedy on this podcast because being two comedians talking about comedy is pure hell. But listen, I had a dream the other night and I truly wrote down. I was like, I'm going to do it on stage. In my dream, I was just doing push-ups on the stage. Very funny. <laughs> you doing push-ups is very funny. <laughs> I'm going to start doing push-ups on stage. No, it's huge. And you can, right? Well, like, I was thinking it would be a really fun opener coming out and just doing push-ups. But then yeah. I thought maybe I would do it throughout the set. <clears throat> you coming out and doing them would obviously get people, you know, on their feet, right? <laughs> This is a way to kind of pump up the crowd and pump up yeah, myself. Pump, well, pumping up the crowd as a practice is weird. You know, it's always made me uncomfortable. I would love to see you pump up the crowd. <laughs> no, and what's funny is like that lives in me, not in my comedian identity, but like, you know, I was the captain of my JV field hockey team. Now, excuse me, when it came time to be a senior, when like the skills mattered, no longer was I captain, okay? I was loving life, making observations on the bench, you know, and upset when they put me in. That was always the, the feeling, oh, no, they're putting me in, but I'm nice and cozy on the bench. But anyway, yeah, I remember we would jog around the school, and I, I, wouldn't it be embarrassing if my memory did not serve, and, and this didn't happen, and then there were people on the team who were like, that didn't happen. But I used to, like, we'd have to jog around the school, like, you know, at the beginning, do a 20-minute jog to warm up for field hockey practice Mm -hmm. and i would sort of like tell these tales to like inspire the group while we were running 
Can't you see that? You can see me as a motivational like exercise leader, right? I can see that. I can see that deeply. It's more about like then you like hot rah rah like that stuff is what's hard. To yeah, see and yet I was like be aggressive, be e aggressive, b e a g e r e s s i v e. I cannot believe this. Is there footage? No, but there is a picture of me like with red cheeks, like really red, almost burnt, like sleeping in my field hockey uniform on my bed as a high schooler. That you'll probably be like you'll love. Because I felt this need to do all the things that were potentially things that are like a high school experience. Like, I didn't want to miss out on things like that. Like, what if, you know what I mean? Like, like right, right. playing a sport. Like, wow. am I not going to have that scene? Like, so I, I would, I did like a lot of activities. I was one of those. Sorry, back to the dream what you're bringing up that I jumped about prom the other night. Which is, again, one of those kind of... Oh, well, I regularly dream that it's prom or a dance at the school and I don't have a dress or the right. dress. Oh, also weddings. Showing up to weddings and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have any of the clothes. I'm trying to pull something together. Yeah, totally. Pull the mask together. Do you have, like, those stage dreams where, you know, oh, that's the show and you don't know your lines, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, baby. I did that recently where I had, it was, like, opening night, some really, this play, this beautiful big theater, went on mm. stage, didn't know my lines, so instead I, I had gum in my mouth and I just started blowing bubbles. Oh, my God. And uh, the crowd loved it. No, the crowd <laughs> loved it. Okay, I know they did. Oh, I have a lot of dreams that I've forgotten that I am in a play. This sounds like what we just said, but it's a specific, there's a specific high school musical thing I have. And it's like, I don't know the dance. And I, and it's like, can I kind of just hide in the back? And yeah, ain't that life? Ain't that life? Uh... Listen, when the world comes back, you and I are getting in a car and we're going to Chez Panisse, baby. Now, are you are you going to lead me? Are you a menu leader? Like our friend John Early, who, you know, gets a mention in every episode is very like you have to, you know, it's not it's the mushrooms the whole time. It's you have to try that. Well, honey, their menu is seasonal. So it's changing so often. You better not hold on to a beloved dish because right. it's going to slide off the menu just the way the <laughs> tomatoes slide off the vine. And so you once called a tomato white as a web browser. Um, I don't remember that. It's one of the funniest things you've ever said in reference to a meal we had in Scotland together. It was an unripe tomato. Um, <laughs> I think we talked about this on an unaired episode of Food. That's why I'm like, yes. you and me once had a meal that was promised to be greatness. The food in Edinburgh was so universally inedible. It was the most devastating culinary month of my entire life. Therefore, worked for a month. I had one great meal, 27 Elliot's. Shout out. Fantastic food. Yeah. Everything else was unbearable. And so I literally could not locate a lemon. Okay. It's kind of a Brexit thing. No lemons in sight. Going to I had to go to three markets to find a goddamn lemon. And so there was no acid. There was nothing mm. like the, just a salad could not exist as far as I was concerned. Right. Anyway, found this place supposed to be farm to table, you know, garden in the back. We're in August, you know. Oh, great. This will be great. The meal still was fantastic because we were screaming with laughter over meals. candlelight with cocktails. It was one of the great nights. But I remember a tomato salad and thinking, ooh, a tomato salad, August, seasonal. Of course. Yeah. The tomatoes come white as a web browser, I suppose I said, hard. And I refused. And I, I revisited the picture. It's not completely white. No. But it deserves the hyperbole of white as a web browser. Tomato is one of those things that like... I can't do anything less than perfection. Yeah, I don't want it. Okay, I have a, I, this is where having listeners counts. Can someone in this, I'll say country, so the you know shipping isn't terrible. Can someone get me a good tomato? Listen, they're out of season. You're not supposed to, in the, in the middle of February, have a good tomato. No, 
I don't care when. That's fine. It can be in season, but I want the best tomato. I want the best. Dirty girl produce. I'm not kidding. My other cousin, there, I said it, in Santa Cruz, the most phenomenal tomatoes you will ever eat in your entire life. I promise you. Really? So sweet that, I mean, you will truly consume eight of them, unlike anything you've ever had. Well, consumption of quantity is not going to be an issue. Believe me, I know I can eat tomato. I'll see you in the summertime. You're going to get it. I'll see you in the summertime. I'm sending you these tomatoes. You're going to fall to your knees, bake for Do you put a little pepper on them ever? A little I, salt and pepper? or Salt. A little Maldon, a little flaky salt on top. A little Maldon, a little Jacobson. Mm, oh, yeah. Maldon is um, regularly uh, pushed on the strategist as a high-end yet useful gift. I mean, Maldon changed everything for me. What is that? Like this tin of big salt? It's flaky. These crystals, gorgeous crystals that make you weep. Right. Of uh, salt. Finishing salt. It's finishing salt. We put on everything, salads, right. everything from salads to uh, soups. No, right. It's not um, It's not a teaspoon of... Maldon, no. Of Maldon. Okay, so something huge has happened. I'm very ashamed. The, our producer, Theta, has gently informed me that it's Maldon, not Maldon. Not Maldon. And I just want to say that I am humiliated. I have been laid bare. This is what I, str- I want to be stripped of my art. Well, this yeah. is the true humiliation because I mean, because it's a bougie or also whatever, here right? I am. Oh, it's everything. Oh, you put it. And by the way, if you could see my pantry, I have a box of Malden. I, I like prefer Maldon. I have a box of it. I have a travel yeah. size tin that I've been known to take with me. <laughs> if you're going away for a weekend or a few days and you, you want to make sure you have the right salt Pulling out of the purse. My mother actually, a few mere weeks ago held up, you know, through the glass, the COVID friendly viewing, <laughs> A industrial sized drum of Malden <laughs> and being like, I accidentally ordered this. Maldon. I mean, it was a restaurant sized tub. My grandmother, Bontons, okay, Bontons, B O N T O N, I guess, was like a department store of some kind, okay? And she always pronounced it Bonton. Unfortunately, I have no association, so it's not um, I know. I believed that. That's why I gave you the context of it being the name of a place. I felt, I felt like you could go there with Malden. me. Malden. <laughs> Drop your Malden stories in the, in the chat. Malden. And, and start to source for me tomatoes for later in the year. Listen okay. to me. Dirty Girl Produce, we're getting you the tomatoes. Are there any plant people out there also? I'm, I'm looking for... A jungle. I've noticed uh, we haven't been begging enough on the podcast recently. It's been all notions. It's been all heart. Uh, and soul. Well, I what have want? I been realizing? Like, <laughs> there's been a distinct lack of hair stuff. Hair stuff. I need new shampoo. There, I said it. I'll recommend one. I could use something for my horse hair. I have to get a haircut. It's down to my goddamn ankles. I want PJs. PJs. I want, I'm into right now. I want lingerie. I want slips. I want pajamas. Mm. I want garter belts and shelves for me. If anyone's got any <laughs> modular storage solutions, <laughs> I will take modular. Artesian modular is what I'm interested in. I'll take modular because I my life has become out of control and I need to organize and shed. But yeah, I would love sleepwear, loungewear, lingerie. And tequila. If you're asking yourself, well, I do have this business. I could send them this, but this doesn't seem relevant to Poog. You are wrong. Send, 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 okay? send. send. There's, a, there's, a, there's a Gmail address. Poogpodcast at you. gmail.com. Don't, don't risk getting lost in the DMs, as I always say. And again, I'm worried that my tequila shout out maybe got muddled there. Tequila, preferably a Blanco. Preferably a Blanco. Although the reposado, I will take. Obviously, you know, any artesian. Um, any natural wines. Also, it doesn't have to be artesian, by the way. I want to be no. clear. I'm happy to take things that are toxic as well. Okay. 
Because I don't want to limit myself. By the way, now we can't get into this at the very end, but are we worried about mold? I suddenly had a fear of mold growing in the in the walls and making me sick beyond comprehension. I'm fine. You've been fearing mold really? since 92. Yeah, I remember. You're kidding. You're the, I, anytime I see any mold, I think of you saying black mold, black mold, <laughs> black mold. Okay, you're always afraid of black called. mold in New York City. Really? See, it's so great to hear that because I have no memory of that. Okay. But we have to wrap it up. So Thank any, you. you know. Anti-mold devices we're interested Anti-mold in. Anti-mold home kits, um, although terrified. What the kit says, yeah, I've got mold, and then what? I'm screwed. So actually, I don't want the mold test. No, I'm fine. no mold test. Fuck it. Live okay. free. And um, but seriously, uh, the the Gmail is the best way, folks. For the gifts. Post, subscribe, um, renew, and send. And send. That was Poog. If you enjoyed Poog, please subscribe, rate, and review. If not, we will press charges. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.